For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Believe in Everything Auburn is brought to you by Bet Online. The big week is here. Time for the Super Bowl, and Bet Online is your number one source for playoff football odds, stats, trends, and lines with everything from point spreads to hundreds of player performance props. So head to Bet Online today to stay updated on all the action. Bet Online, the game starts here. War Eagle, everybody. Welcome back. To believe in everything, Auburn. I'm Taylor Davis. He is Jason Campbell. We are so pumped to be back. Man plans, God laughs. You know what I mean? And bigger things happened last week than a podcast episode needed to fit into. So uh, I welcome in my co-host, Jay Cam, and I'll just let you take it from here, Jay. You, uh, you got some exciting news for us, so why don't you go ahead and share with the listeners? Well, good morning, everybody. First of all, <laughs> I apologize in advance if I sound not my normal self. You know, sleep <laughs> deprived is real. You know, so my face looked a little chubby this morning. I haven't worked out in probably two and a half weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and all over the place right now. I'm trying to get used to this parenting thing. So, you know, <laughs> on January 26th, our baby girl was born. So... You know, she was born a couple of days early. She was due on February 1st, but she ended up coming on January 26th. She said, hey, world, I'm ready to enter. I'm ready. <laughs> so, so she came right on. So oh. like Taylor like was saying, you know, we had to make an, uh, had to make an audible. So yeah, happens. Uh, they, I'm excited. I'm an excited father uh, to a baby girl. And um, it's all the things that you could imagine, but and some like just actually being in the delivery room and then yeah seeing how that whole process takes place and then when you actually hold a baby in your arms and then you know you see this little person and you're just like wow you know you was bundled up inside this stomach for nine months <laughs> and all of a sudden they're here mm-hmm. and you, you really puts perspective and life in perspective when you think about all the amazing things that, that god can do yeah. Um, tell, I tell you, I, I have a lot of sleep, sleepless nights sometimes. You got to feed the baby every two to three hours. So you have to get up, <laughs> you know, and, and everything that sometimes you have to rock them. And it's just a lot that goes into it, but I wouldn't change it for anything. Amazing. And y'all, she is beautiful. Like I, I, all babies are, like you said, a blessing from above and it truly a miracle. But like some babies just look like a potato. You know what I mean? Like some of them are just, they're just round. They haven't really developed, you know, really strong features yet. And so they're just babies. This, <laughs> this baby is beautiful. When he sent me a picture, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. She is absolutely beautiful and healthy, which is the most important thing, obviously. And uh, you told me Shayla's doing great and, and was a champ. No surprise. Do you get like, Probably not. You're an athlete, but do you get 
like queasy with stuff like that. Like some, uh, the videos on TikTok of husbands like about to pass out when their, you know, spouses are giving birth. Hilarious. Were you, did it hit you at all? Did you get a little lightheaded? So I talked to my dad about this and he, he had to leave the delivery room. My mom, my mom was having me. He said, because, you know, she was hollering so loud that people could hear that hallway. He just couldn't take it anymore. So it's he overwhelming, just, I'm sure. He left the delivery room. They <laughs> <laughs> had to come and get him after I was born. Um, for me, I said, no, I'm standing there. I got to watch this from, from start to finish. Yeah. So, you know, I wanted the whole dad vibe thing. You know, I wanted to, <laughs> you know, have to sleep in that bad chair that they have for you to sleep in, a little small chair, and, you know. You have to sleep in that thing for a couple of days. And of course, your back and your hips be all out of place. Your sleep be all over the place. But no, I, I, I stayed in there. And I tell you, it is a lot. It is a lot for a lot of people to stomach. And I'm I think sure. what is because I did play football and I played the highest level. So I got a chance to see a lot of crazy things. So yeah. I've seen some crazy injuries, you know, on the field and things have to happen quickly. You know, going through surgeries and all those type of things. Yeah. You see so much craziness within True. our game that, you know, when I'm watching my wife go through what she's going through, you become a huge fan and a supporter. So yeah. you're all like, I'm your biggest cheerleader. So I can't imagine. I can't be weak. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I got to be strong because you're being stronger. Yeah. You know? True. True. So, you know, it, it was a great experience. And like I said, uh, I have much respect for all women that have to go through this and everything because you are super powerful to be able to witness what I witnessed. Mm-hmm. Like, like it, it takes a strong person and a strong will person to be able to to do that. Like, yes, we see the baby and everything, but that mama and what mm-hmm. she has to do to get that baby out Champion. is uh, a champ. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Congrats, Jay. And I've told you many times, but I'll say it on behalf of uh, the listeners who are going to be so excited to hear this. We're just so happy for you. And look, the sleep will come back. Don't get overwhelmed. (laughs) It is short lived. You'll be back to uh, your normal sleep routine, but enjoy. All right. Well, truly no news is going to top that, but we will do a quick little catch up episode uh, basketball pulling off a huge win last night at home. We've got the Super Bowl this weekend, so we'll give our picks on that and uh, just catch up on a few random news and notes out of Auburn lately. So let's dive into it a little bit. The signing class has officially wrapped up, and as expected, one of Auburn's best in the history of the program, a top 10 signing class. So it definitely shows a lot of promise, and it kind of reiterates what we have said on past episodes episodes that this coaching staff is really investing in recruiting and still definitely believes in development within your program in a day and age where we are seeing the Ole Miss and Ohio States of the world just throw everything at the wall to build these transfer portal mega teams. And you kind of are having to deal with both at the same time. But I think Auburn fans should have a lot of confidence in the recruiting efforts Um, one thing that 
you know, on our last episode, we talked about some of the coaching changes and those have continued and some new names have been added. My guy, Trevon Reed has departed and he was a huge part of our recruiting efforts, but I did just want to wish him well, because look, he's an Auburn dude through and through. He heads to UCF to join Gus Malzahn and it's a great opportunity for him, but just wanted to uh, acknowledge that because on the last episode, we talked about him getting promoted at Auburn and now he's uh he's headed to UCF but this recruiting class shapes up to be one of a lot of promise and a lot of potential give me your take Jay on yes this recruiting class and kind of where it sits right now but do you anticipate that while this staff has put an emphasis on recruiting it doesn't always mean that you're going to commit to playing these younger guys, but do you anticipate, given a lot of the the talent that we've garnered, not only are these guys choosing Auburn, but they're choosing Auburn because there's a high likelihood they're going to contribute very early in their career? Yeah, I, think, I do think a lot of these guys will play. Uh, will okay. play early as well. Um, you talk about, you know, last year we finished with what top 12 class and then this year you finished with a top 10 class. Mm-hmm. So you together two, two good classes. Um, and let's be honest, this team hasn't won in the last three seasons. Yeah. We have a winning record. So it's all about the future. So yeah. I'm definitely going to play a lot of these young guys if they're talented enough to play and they show in the spring that the early in the role you showed in the spring. And then some of the guys come in the fall, like Perry Thompson that, that'll be here in the fall. Uh, once he gets here, like there's no way he's he's not playing. You know, That's there's true. no way Coleman's not playing. Uh, you saw our receiver, uh, you know, production last year. Those two guys was brought here to build that production. Mm-hmm. Um, when you think about you know the defensive side of the ball, some of the defensive linemen that they signed, those guys are gonna have to play early because um, Marcus Marcus Harris left, and then Justin Rogers left. You know, two guys that had another year if they wanted it decided to go ahead and, and go to the draft. So yeah. when they departed, now you definitely, you go out, you sign a Gage, you know, Gage Keys from from Kansas. You know, you sign a Trio Carter from from Texas, uh, defensive line. So those two guys, you are expected to come in and compete for those starting jobs. But then right behind them, you're going to need those young pups that you just signed ready to go. So they're right. going to be in rotation. Um, so those two positions for me, you definitely will see – uh, I think early guys, okay. early enrollment, especially play in those positions. Now, when it just comes to an overall, you know, losing uh, Coach Garrett, you know, to Jacksonville, you know, that sting a little bit because the simple fact that he's a he's a young coach, he's very energetic, he's big in recruiting. Uh, he's a reason that you get a lot of those guys, you know, that that Auburn was able to get was because right. it's recruiting. And now, you know, he's going to Jacksonville to, to the pros. And it makes you wonder when you see guys like Chip Kelly, uh, you see a lot of these great college coaches starting to opt for the NFL. Yep. A lot of it is starting to say these guys feel so much pressure. They put so much time into recruiting. And then on top of that, now you have to deal with the NIL perspective of I'm trying to please this parent, you know, and 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 it goes deeper than just the kid. You know, it's a lot of pressures, a lot of things coming at these guys and then coming at NILs and stuff. And, you know, you can't please everybody. Right. And and when all that stuff is going on, it kind of takes away from the coaching aspect, it takes away from the game aspect, because it seems like your focus is more about that than it is about, you know, being able to do what it is that you love is it's totally. preparing for Saturdays, you know, yep. so. 
And these guys got wives, they got kids. So you're taking a lot of time when you're having to recruit your own guys that you just got because they're scared they're going to hit the transfer portal. Then you got to go shop the transfer portal. You got to shop yeah. high school. You got, it's a lot, you know, it's just a lot of demand and, and everything. So, you know, hopefully, you know, something kind of gets figured out, put better parameters on this um, that can kind of, you know, keep the game that we've always grew up loving and to watch, you know, make the, making sure it's still a priority. You yeah. know, uh, I'm all for kids being able to make money for themselves. We just need some some stipulations. You know, it's just so wide open right now. And every, there's a different set of rules for every state, Taylor. That's the thing. Like, yes. no one operates under the same rule. Like, come on, you know, even in the NFL, everyone's operating under the same same salary caps or same rules and regulations. Right. It's not state to state, but it I is know. in college. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the most logical voices of our generation charles barkley was uh on the broadcast last night and you know he's known for his outlandish takes and how funny he is and blah 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 he got into some of the nil stuff during the broadcast and he was spitting facts and made so many good points he was basically saying we're heading in a direction right now that there's going to be five really good teams and that's about it. The rest of them are going to be victims of the system because, and especially in a sport like basketball, the special Cinderella stories are what make March Madness. Like not these Kansas Duke, like we're over it. We are over it. And you're going to get that in every sport now because there's not a system set in place to keep it from becoming, like he said, the Wild West. And he brought up what you and I always talk about we can't forget that getting a free education is an incredible blessing. We have, we have completely lost sight of that. The fact that these guys are getting really reputable four-year, a master's if you so choose. I, I mean, you can take it as far as you want for free. You're not going to be in debt for the rest of your life. Your parents are not going to be in debt for the rest of their lives paying off your student loans. That is a complete afterthought now. And that's very upsetting. And Charles said, especially for a lot of these kids that would never have had the opportunity to go to college if it weren't for their sport, that's not even an element. And he was saying, look, I'm a player. I want my players to be taken care of. But the way we're doing it right now is going to hurt college sports altogether. And we can't lose sight of these other blessings. They are still blessings. Those can't be overshadowed because we have this conglomerate for some of these schools to have this wealth of riches that these kids are not even going to know what to do with. No, you, you you just hit the nail on the head. It's just the simple fact that I have a nephew that's a 3.9, almost a 4.0 student, and hey. he's an athlete as well. And he's applying to a lot of these schools that guys that have a 2.0, but they're able to get into because they have an athletic scholarship. Exactly. 3.9, 4.0, and he can't even get into these same schools. You know, yep. so he gets he, he fills out his transcript to try to get in, and he gets denied. You know, so and he's crazy. a 3.9 student but here's a yeah. 2.0 athlete and he's able to get into this university that a lot of kids get turned away that yeah. trying to get in there and i try to tell these guys all the time like man you don't realize the true blessing that you're getting i said yeah. all of a sudden now scholarships to these big division one schools doesn't even ring a bell anymore mm -mm. i just like you know it's about where can i go and get the most money you know and i just keep telling people if you chase money 
you're going to be chasing unhappiness for the rest of your life. I say you don't ever chase money. You work hard. You do what you got to do. Let the money come to you because God is in control of all of it. Exactly. Like, you're trying to put, sometimes you're trying to put the, the, the carriage in front of the horse. I was just like, man, just take your time. Be patient. Work hard. Yeah. We'll find you. I was just like, these guys want everything before they do the work. And it's not, I'm not from that school. You know what I'm I saying? Like, I'm from the school where you got to work and earn and then you get the reward. They want the reward before they work. I said, but when exactly. they get the, when they the reward, but then you don't want to do the work and be accountable to what people is giving to you. Then you want to get upset and get mad because sometimes you have to take a deduction. It's yep. a two way street. It's a business. So as soon as they consider this thing now where you can get paid to play college sports, it has now become a business. So you can't get mad at the end of the year if a coach comes to you and say, hey, I'm going to need you to go into the transfer portal. Because mm -hmm. it's a business. You ask yeah. for this. And so yeah. it's a two or three. And then you can't get mad if someone comes to you at the end of the year and say, hey, you know, you're, you know, it's not based off production. It's, it's supposed to be off your name, image, and likeness. But if you're not productive, your name, image, and likeness is not growing. And then if you have to take a cut, you can't get mad that you haven't taken a cut. Right. Like, like, but at the end of the day, you're still winning because it's just like you said, most kids that go to college, when they leave school, they got student loan debt for the next 30 years. Yeah. You know, you won't have any student loan debt and you're able to play a sport that you love, but you're also able to get in these schools off your athletic, you know, off your that athletic. You couldn't scholarship. have otherwise. You couldn't have gotten if it was an academic scholarship only. You yep. know what I'm saying? So you got to look at that blessing. And then on top of it, you're able to start your life off 98% better than anybody else in the world at a 22, 23 year old, because even if you don't make it to the next level, you can save over six figures in your bank account to start your life off with. If you want to get yourself nice, then go do it, but don't do it while you're trying to build your, for your future, while you have that opportunity right now, not knowing what lies four or five years from now. 100%. It's, it's just setting up a really improper mentality about, you know, what hard work equates to. And look, sometimes your hard work won't amount to that. Sometimes your hard work is still going to end in failure. And I don't think we're preparing them very well for that. We are equating to if you fail, you go somewhere else. Like, it's just a really improper association that we are garnering right now in college sports. And I really, I fear that it's only going to get worse before it gets better. It kind of feels like it's going to have to crash and burn a little bit. And I kind of think you're starting to see some of that, like you mentioned in some of these coaches deciding to depart. And yes, coach Saban alluded to the fact that at his age and he's been doing it long enough and he has achieved everything you can achieve. But I firmly believe if college football was still what it was a decade ago, we, you would have gotten a few more years out of Nick Saban. I, I don't yeah. think he would have been so eager. And now he's going to be working for ESPN. So clearly he's not looking to just kick back on the beach in Jupiter, though the video of him on the boogie board was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. He's going to enjoy himself and the downtime is due. But like clearly this guy still has more in the tank. We all knew that. And the current structure of coaching right now in college sports is unrealistic and it's going to send people out of the profession and it's going to deter people from wanting to seek it in the first place. Like, I'm curious how many, you know, 20 somethings still want are, are wanting to become college coaches. Like I would be, 
I would be more inclined to go NFL route right now. And and like you said, Jeremy Garrett took the same coaching job that he's held at Auburn, but with the Jags. And you're not going to convince me that the scheduling implications, the difficulties around NIL are not going to add to those decisions. Harbaugh as well. And yes, the money, whatever. But you have a better work-life balance right now coaching at the highest level than you do at college. It makes no freaking sense. And so I think across the board in college sports, you're going to continue to see negative implications from these things if we don't try and figure out a way, whether it is the NCAA or whether a new governing body steps in, there's a commissioner for college football, all these methods that we have we can talk about until we're, we're blue in the face they're gonna have to come in or else the product's gonna suffer and I think you're already starting to see it and Chuck also said during the broadcast you know <clears throat> the guys asked him what kind of impact can an NBA coach have versus a college coach and he was like well if you're making 50 million dollars to play this sport there's not much a coach can tell you he was talking sure. about the NBA yeah. Okay, well, we're going to get to a point where these kids can't be told anything by their college coaches because they hold all the power. All the power because they can transfer if they don't like something. Yeah. So it's on to them hard. You know, all great players want to be coached hard. I can't say that for this generation. Some no. of them, you know, if they get coached hard, they look at it as, you know, criticism and not constructive criticism. Like someone yeah. trying to grow, they take a they take an attitude to it and they want to hit the portal. You know, if uh, it, so my thing is, in anything you invest in, just like if I do investments, you know, with my financial people, I want to see return on my investment, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. In this NIL world right now, if you're paying kids, sometimes you don't even get a chance to see a return on your investment because they transfer. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> you are, you know, you're taking care of a kid and everything. You're trying to help him develop to to get a return. So when you go out and you're getting you're raising money and everything to to support these guys and girls, you want to make sure that hey, you know, we get a chance to see a return on investment. What is, what's the return on investment? What your product looks like come game days, right? You know, it's like that. So you want to see some type of growth and everything. So that puts a lot of pressure as well on a lot of coaches now because for sure, you know, they want to people want to see their product return. going in the right direction, mm -hmm. and you see like Ohio State. Just spending they're they're trying to buy super teams just Golly. to win a, you know like old miss is trying to do everything they can to to get there you know but it's just i don't know like i've talked to a kid before this week and this came out of a kid mouth that's actually on someone's football team and he was just like mr Campbell, he was just like i'm a player that's in college and i'm telling you it's no longer fun he said wow. because all guys do is talk about is money yeah. and all they about they don't even talk about trying to win a championship together no more they don't talk about trying to like you know like get to know each other really you know mm. it's all about like what can i go and get the most how can i get the most he's just like you know it's just taking a lot of the fun out of the game and that you know sucks. a random player player that i know at another place and everything and you know he just you know just kind of you know use me as a mentor sometimes and yeah to feel and he's just like, how do I, how do I approach this with my teammates? How do I approach this with, you know, just and everything and just trying to talk to him and, and encourage him. And this is a kid, like he does pretty well and, and everything, but he was just like, man, he like, when y'all, when you guys played, he's like, 
everybody was under the same umbrella. So yeah. everyone was kind of like, you know, having fun. Y'all build life memories. He said, man, sometimes I don't even know what my teammates look like from year to year that I come in with, you know, That's because wild. it's so much, so much turnover. And yeah. he said, and the conversation is, the conversation is more about other things than it is about football. And so that's where we're at right now. And the ones that's going to kind of win championships and compete are the ones that are going to have these big recruiting classes, but the ones that are going to win in the portal and all that type of stuff. But then kids, they really come to your school. They don't really like your school. They're just going to come and just get banked or whatever that they can get it. And they don't care if they win a championship or not. They just came there, got that bread, and they gone, you yeah. know. Which uh, you know, which is kind of what's been created because there was never parameters around it from the get go. And I'm all for people making money. Anybody, I know, I'm all for that. But what are we teaching our young people? No commitment. Like if you can transfer twice and then get a third transfer, <laughs> like within a certain amount of time, but then you're asking people to give big donations to NILs to support the student athletes, but the people that they're supporting is no longer there after they don't pay these kids. Yeah. If it doesn't get parameters, it's going to be like Barkley said, in 10 years, we're going to be sitting back looking like what a disaster yeah. college turned into. Agreed. Definitely unfortunate. Um, a couple more coaching changes that I don't think we've spoken about. So DJ Durkin was hired as the defensive coordinator. He was definitely uh, rumored to have been top of the list, and that one has become official. Like we said, defensive line coach Jeremy Garrett takes the job with the Jaguars. Montrell King-Williams has been hired as the new defensive tackles coach. So still some moving pieces on that staff, and uh, we will continue to keep an eye on how all of that assembles. Also, uh, did want to acknowledge this. An Auburn legend, Terry Beasley, uh, passed away last week at the age of 73, obviously. Such a, a legend that doesn't even feel like it does it justice. He is one of just three jerseys that have been retired at Auburn. So I was curious if y'all had interacted much, if you had any uh, Terry Beasley's story, because obviously I never got the opportunity to meet him, but have heard so many great things about him. Yeah, yeah, Terry was an awesome guy. He was always funny because he always come by the radio set. and uh, Oh, yeah? He would talk to me and everything and, and Ronnie. And, you know, that's one thing about him. Uh, he's one of those older guys, you know, along with Pat Sullivan. You know, they're now, you know, and rest in peace to both. But mm -hmm. both of those guys was always, like, very conversational. And awesome. they would all come around and speak to us as younger guys. And and uh, Terry, I can see his face now coming over to the set, you know, smiling. <laughs> and, you know, and I can see why he was such a, a gem to Auburn and all yeah. the things that he's done, you know, even as a player, you know, it's the way his teammates come out and speak about him and everything. And I don't think a lot of people realize this. You know, he played a couple of years in the NFL. And then he had to deal before everyone started talking about CTE stuff. He had to deal with that. Um, oh wow! Thing you know, I was reading a little bit on his story, and I didn't know that as much. And I was just reading, kind of like you know, kind of why he stepped away from football, what he meant to Auburn and and his accolades, you know, but also just the way he was with people. Yeah. But uh, a lot of things, man. These guys, you know, shoot, they didn't have no nil. They didn't have any of that stuff. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, it's just uh. I was wondering, will we have that ever again at the newer generation? Will there be guys that come back and be around the program? Will there be guys right. that have these stories of being at Auburn together for four years, grinding together, 
or very you few. have yeah it's very few you know i was reading the bogit story and i know i'm getting off subject here but now the senior bowl i guess you know they asked bo who do you choose more of you know auburn or oregon i didn't and, see this yeah you know and i think you know he was saying well you know i was with oregon last so i have to say oregon but then auburn is part of my heart because you know, I went to Auburn and, you know, I played there and everything. So it's almost like they put the question trying to put him in a tough position. Yeah. To make a choice between two schools. But for him, he actually played at both schools. Right. You know? so, so when it comes to NFL, someone, we have to do that Monday night football. They say your college or high school. For him, I'm going to say high school because what, what's you going to do? Like if you say Oregon which everyone's going to understand because your last two years at Oregon was right. your best. And, you know, you had a really good career there, but you played three years at Auburn as well. And you what know, does so, Jalen say? I don't know. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know because the thing is, what are these guys going to say when they play for a different couple of schools? Yeah. Like remember when Jalen went to the senior bowl and he did the half helmet and there was like yeah. Oklahoma and Alabama, but I've never heard what he says during his intros. Now that you bring yeah, that up, I don't know who he claims more or no. less, it probably doesn't matter. But at the end of the day, like I wouldn't well, say either to the point I wouldn't want to disappoint both my I would fans. Say both, I guess. Can you? Yeah, do that? but then kind of like. And then if you you're know, TJ Finley, you're gonna take ten minutes because you got to list seventy five schools. Like we can't yeah, let right. everyone do that. But the Bo Nix one, see, that's where this thing is so layered because, like. I actually think it was the best thing that Bo could have done for himself. Like it was not working at Auburn and it was so layered because like he said, like there was a heart piece to it and Auburn had really high expectations for him and he had it. He put all this pressure on it as well. And when it wasn't working, it brought out the worst in everybody. It brought out the worst in Auburn. It brought out the worst in him. He almost needed to have a little bit of separation. It was almost too much passion, too much pressure and Oregon allowed him to be his best. And so, like, I don't blame him in this situation. But once is it. And and it, his was different because real effort was given before he abandoned ship. It wasn't just a coach telling him, look, you're getting benched, and so he's out. Like, he put years into it. I think you could slight Auburn and be – understood or given grace more than if you slight Oregon. You're right, though. Maybe he's just going to say it's high school. Depending on where he lives at. He lives in the state of Alabama. You know. (laughs) And what team he – I don't know. That's a really good point, though. Now I need to look up what Jalen says because I've never thought about that. I bet he says Oklahoma, though. I feel like it's probably – In that situation, I would be more It's the one you finished last. You know, it's just like, you know, if you're – dating someone and you left that True. person you're not gonna, <laughs> my you're not exes are getting dead. no mention in my right. success exactly. zero so my position i'm naming the place i was at last forget it you know yeah. that's where i was at last but yeah. unless i won a championship like Jalen at alabama right then i'm gonna have to say like did i win one at oklahoma i was only there for a year i can't say them then i have no, to say true. the one or i'm just gonna say my high school yeah totally uh, did y'all do the voiced intros when you were in the league? Had yeah, those started yet? Intros. Yeah, yeah, they started. It was pretty cool. They, they shoot it in the off season before the season comes. Yeah. And, you know, they come through and, you know, you got to say this. So they say, hey, you know, just act like he's doing something. Say, you know, Jason Campbell from Auburn University. 
I so love wants- the funny ones now. I love that people have gotten to where they're saying creative stuff. They're hilarious. Yeah, you know, it's fun. <laughs> it's all fun. These guys got a whole lot of, they have a lot more at their disposal to have a lot more fun with nowadays. Absolutely. And, There's it, more personality shown in the league now than ever. And I, I guess social media has a lot to do with that. Yeah, so the game is fun. I, I wish they would let kids dance a little bit in college. Me too. Just because, yeah, it's fun. Oh, Taylor, on the subject, college, Auburn. Love the it. scoreboard at the other end zone has that now was got next a- on my list, Jay. We are here. We are <laughs> yes. here. How do you feel about it? The longer wait has happened. I, I feel good about it because I think they should take the old scoreboard because there's such history behind it. Put it on the outside of the stadium and let it still operate. So if people oh. on the outside just watch the game, I mean listen to the game. Like on the see- Donahue side. Yeah, so they still can see the old scoreboard on the outside of the stadium, and it still That's operates. Good idea. So you can save the scoreboard if you're that much history into it, and still yeah. official. But then you got to match the scoreboard on the other end zone. You can't it look is like you're the biggest end. contradiction when you look <laughs> at one end. It is crazy to me. Yeah, yeah it's almost like uh, <laughs> you know. So yeah, what decade are we living in? Right. Very so, exciting. The One of the Auburn games that I had this season, John Cohen came in the room and he had actually just been in a meeting about the board and he was like, it's it's coming, like it's imminent. So we knew it was definitely gaining some steam and the Auburn Board of Trustees has officially given it the green light. So the North End Zone video board expansion is afoot and that will be exciting and um, it's just crazy. Like some people have so much money. Like when you, when you right. think about it, like we just were talking about these people just giving gifts to these kids who are now making at times seven figures, let's throw yeah. a new video board up. Like, it's just, it's crazy. Yeah. It really right. is crazy. Gotta, you still gotta what, build campus. So I don't know the last time you've been there, but they took down the whole freshman dorm side the hill uh, yes all that's getting redone yeah. so then you talk about the new baseball facility that's happening needed you know, still trying to get a new practice facility and then you got football new scoreboard they want to change some of the seating they want probably want to do more glass club seating um these things have to happen off of donations and it's then crazy. there's nil to have to support the student athletes. So you're right. There's a lot of crazy money out there that I need to know more about. <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing wrong? I'm doing wrong. Like, what, you know what I'm saying? So I just like, geez. But, well, you know. and that's why they expect to have a say in the head coach. Right. And you can't get mad. <laughs> when they, you can't get mad at someone coming to ask you for something. Like, it's not my business until you ask me to get involved in something. Then I want to return on my investment. Turning my best, so, <laughs> you know, crazy, crazy. But I, I think it's exciting. Obviously, the scoreboard is like an ode to history, and we love tradition. But like, come on, it has been. Uh, it's just everyone. I always feel bad for the student section who is like directly under the video board. They have to do a back bend to like look at the score and the time and everything because that one is. Oh man, it has served its I'm purpose though. I don't even get a chance to see the scoreboard. The new scoreboard, the scoreboard where we oh, run yeah, out from where the radio booth is. So I'm at the radio booth. I got to do a whole goose date to try to just, 
to see to see <laughs> just to see a glimpse of anything. So I don't even see it. I'm looking at the television for uh, <laughs> prompter. This in our. This in oh our my gosh! Yes, it's a win-win now that I can actually look straight across and actually see a visual scoreboard. They're doing it for you, Jay. When is it? Do you know when it's supposed to be done? Supposed to open 2025 season. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants—they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day. You're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Okay, let's, uh, let me get your take on basketball real quick, and then we'll give our Super Bowl predictions. Like I said, Auburn pulling off. A big win last night over Alabama after they had defeated us in Tuscaloosa a couple weeks ago, but that one was way closer and went down to the wire. This one was comfortable majority of the game. We put up 99 points. Everyone looked fantastic, and Neville Arena, I mean, literally injected in my veins. It looked insane. The commentators kept saying, I can't hear you, and like – you don't yeah. say that on air unless it is genuine. Like you, it was such an electric environment. I'm, I am proud every time I see a basketball game like that because it was not like that when I was in school. And so just to nice. see such insane progress is so flipping cool. Um, so hats off to Bruce per use. But give me your take on this team. They are now... 19 and four, I believe is, is their record right now. There's a handful of sec teams that are sitting there with two losses. The sec is really neck and neck right now. And this next stretch that we go on will be a tough test. You've got Florida, South Carolina, Kentucky at Tennessee, who sits at number six right now. That stretch is going to be really tough, but this team is so freaking fun to watch. Janai Broom is such a good example of why it's not always the best to jump ship the second time, the second the league starts calling. He has already done so much for his stock, and we're only in February this year in particular. Last year, everyone looked at him like, wow, what a good get out of this random small school. How was this guy, you know, so overlooked in recruiting? Like, good job, Bruce. He was solid. Right now, he is the core of this team. He maybe not leadership wise, though I think he's he's great at that. But on the court, this guy makes an impact on both ends, defensively, offensively. He's so effective with his size, and sometimes a big-bodied guy like that it can be your detriment. He got in a lot of foul trouble last year. I think he's tightened up on that a little bit. Like if you need an example of why staying another year in college ball could be beneficial, Janai Broom is the poster child right now. Yeah, Janai Broom is having a stellar year. Uh, he's probably in the top five as far as uh, conference player of the year. Yeah. Um, when you think it's just in the overall what Janai has brought to the program this year. Yeah. Coming back was the best decision he's made. Him okay. and him, Williams, uh, both of those guys uh, coming back have been made big impacts this year. Yep. And they're having fun. When you're winning yes. and having fun. That's exciting to see. Like, they're not just winning. These guys are chest bumping each other. They're getting the crowd into it. We have a true home court advantage. Like, One it, of is the best. Really, it is the old school Duke Cameron Arena that yeah. Auburn 
I see why they built an arena that only fits so many people. They didn't want the club seatings because they wanted the environment to be more built center to the court, you know, to make all the crowd noise pump to the court. And that's exactly what's happening. If you don't think it makes a difference, just go to a game. Yeah. It makes a huge difference because, you know, it's hard to hear the point guard holler at your offensive play. <clears throat> you can't hear each other, you know, so in our defense, the way that these guys play defense, we are a defensive first team. When we yeah. play defense, we win. You watch the Ole Miss game last Saturday, how they went there at Ole Miss, and Ole Miss jumped on them really quick. And then you're looking like, oh, boy, man, here we go. <laughs> on the road, it's going to be a tough one. Yeah. But then I, all of a sudden, how they – Auburn just flipped the switch. They come out of halftime. They 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 flipped the switch. They became more physical. Yep. You know, they get after it. And all the key pieces that Bruce added to this basketball team have just been paying huge dividends. Like that's why I say it's not always the the high price name guys, the five star guys, or right. you know, it's not always those guys that's going to automatically give your program victories. If you look at his roster, we probably got what one five star. Yeah, he is good at finding the diamonds in the rough. So he's finding the guys that are not guys that have something to prove and mm -hmm. have a chip on their shoulder. And that's kind of something we need to take in other aspects when we start thinking about even in football, you know, get these guys with the chips on their shoulder, you yeah. know, they come in and got a lot more they want to prove because you're going to get a lot of effort. And that's what this basketball team is getting. They're yeah. not the most talented team in the country, but they play with so much effort and togetherness that it just shows itself over and over. And yes, we talk about that stretch. It is a tough stretch. Yeah. You can win all those games. You can easily lose all those games. <laughs> but I do at home, I think that home court advantage will make a difference. But then mm -hmm. I think the Tennessee game decides who wins the SEC outright in this conference. Yeah. Charles was talking about it on the broadcast. He gave so much great insight, by the way. Um, but he was saying like the the parody this year, like he was saying there's no great teams. There's just a bunch of good teams. I think by the time we're in March, you're going to have a bunch of great teams. Like it, the stretch of February, the improvement that you see, those are the teams that end up pulling off some special things in March. So maybe he meant no one's great yet, but there, there are makings for so many great teams and the SEC is really stacked. So I think the tournament is going to have a lot of parity and a lot of unpredictability because there's so much evenly matched across a lot of the conferences right now. And look, I mean, last year we ended up with a championship that very few people predicted and it wasn't the juggernauts, you know what I mean? So there's always room for that as well. I know that UConn is looking incredible right now and that's a little bit to be expected, but um, whether it's the big 12, the big 10, the sec, I mean, the way it's sitting right now, you could have 10 to 12 sec teams in the tournament. That's I think crazy. Based off what they were saying the other day, we would have the most out of each out of conference to be in the tournament. But when you think about as a whole, you made a great point. It's all about it's just like the NFL, which we'll get to in just a second. Yeah. Getting hot at the right time. Yes. So what has played Auburn over the last couple of years have been we start fast and then we fizzle out. Fizzle. Where yep. this year, this year we kind of didn't start really fast, fast. We started good, but now we're picking up steam at the right time, I feel totally. like. I think we need to keep that steam going through the tournament. We always get to the tournament the last two times. I think we lost, what, the first game of the tournament. So mm -hmm. you have no momentum, no momentum going into the NCAA tournament. 
So I do think it's very important for this team to keep keep moving in the same direction that they're moving in right now so that when they get to the SEC tournament time, I think you need to go deep in the SEC tournament. I, yeah. I really do. I, I think you need to gain some speed and gain some of that, that tournament energy before you head to the NCAA tournament, which has played us for the last couple of years. We have no momentum going into the NCAA tournament. Definitely a team that, that you want to keep your eye on. So we'll we'll continue to do that. Um, all right. Super Bowl week. Last week of some NFL. We've got the Chiefs and the 49ers. We have either disproved the logo theory or the NFL realized that we were onto them. And so they changed up the uh the forum. Uh, but regardless, you've got Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs against Brock Purdy and the Niners meeting up in Las Vegas. Who you got, Jay? I ask with bated breath because I'm so pissed that the Chiefs are in this game. <laughs> well, you know, you have to you have to respect greatness, Taylor. I do. I respect <laughs> Alabama. It doesn't mean I want to see them succeed. Yeah, you know, I'm a Raider. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so I don't I don't really like the Chiefs either. Yeah, but I have to tip my hat off to Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and what they're I'm doing. For sure, they know how and to do it. So there's a lot of a lot of icing on the cake in this game, right? Let's just get to the to meat and potatoes. Everyone's talking more about the Taylor Swift than they are the game. So people has talked about how much of CIA and everything that they've had to pump security into this Super Bowl more than any I'm other. Sure. Super Bowl. Because just her appearance alone, I'm it's like, crazy. what? I'm like, I she's just as a fan and as a as, a, as a, I was like, as a girlfriend, she has nothing to do with this game. Nothing to do with it. She's not even performing, and she's having a mega impact. Uh, you don't think the NFL likes the fact that Taylor Swift is dating Travis Kelsey? Their viewership has gone up because of this. It is has crazy. Gone, has gone ridiculously up. If I'm Travis Kelsey, I'm going to the NFL and saying, hey, I want some some dividends because y'all have made a bunch of money off my relationship this year. Sure. You know, uh, because it is crazy, man. The, the amount that they talk about that, like the camera goes to her every, every time for a commercial or anything. <laughs> You're watching the game. I'm just like, geez. So it's insane to me. Yeah. So everyone's talking about that. Usher performing at halftime. Everyone wants to see who is Usher going to bring out because, you know, he's from Atlanta. Yeah. But then, you know, he's done so many collabs with so many people. He, you know, oh, if he I'm could bring so out one person, who would be one person you would want to see him bring out? It's got to be Luda and Lil John. No one else will, like, best thing with Jay-Z, Jay-Z ain't coming. OMG with Will I Am. No one would care to see Will I Am. No offense, Will I Am. I think Luda and Lil John will come out. Throwback with, with Jada Kiss. Bring out Jada Kiss. <laughs> Jada Kiss was a hot rapper, man. People I know. And then he's got a few with P. Diddy, but P. Diddy is very problematic right now, so he ain't going to do that. No one's touching P. Diddy. Got P. No Diddy one's got touching P. Diddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, no one's, no one's no. touching P. Diddy I right bet now. Luda. I bet Luda will come yeah, out. I say Luda LeJohn. Um, so it'll be interesting. It'd be interesting. We'll I'm see what so happens. excited. We'll see what happens. It's in Vegas. Uh, I know Vegas is probably going crazy this week, you know. But my pick now. Okay. The road to the Super Bowl has been the hardest 
for the Chiefs. They had to be the high score in Miami team at home. Yep. Which didn't shock me. Frigid frigid weather that, that leans towards Kansas City all day. But then you had to go to Buffalo and yeah. be the high Buffalo team that won like seven in a row in Buffalo. And you find Not, a way to never win. played a playoff game on the road. Right. Hadn't played a playoff game on the road. That's all the noise everyone was talking about, right? So he goes there and they win that game. Then you go to Baltimore, who I had picked to go to the Super Bowl. Same. And pretty much the host of Lombardi Trophy. They go to Baltimore and they shut down a Ravens offense that's dual threat and, and everything. All year. And yeah, right. And then they made their defense just look like there wasn't the same defense. Yep. Um, so you had to win two of the, the biggest games and two of the hottest teams territory to get to the Super Bowl. And Andy Reid and Mahomes has the most experience of being there out of the two. So when you go head coach the quarterback, you take the Chiefs and, and Mahomes. Now you look at the 49ers. They play Green Bay. If Green Bay don't drop those interceptions, Green Bay is winning. You know, I know everyone talks about the whole Brock Purdy story. It's a great story. It really is. I think I he had a lot of credit uh, to be able to take a team to the Super Bowl, you know, to barely get drafted and to uh, to have the career that he's having right now. Agreed. I think he's done an exceptional job uh, just to be in that position. And yep. uh, he'll have something to be able to tell his grandkids that a lot of us can't one day, you know, mm-hmm. uh, what it's like to play in the Super Bowl as a starting quarterback. Um, I, I think for that standpoint, he doesn't have the experience that Mahomes has in the Super Bowl. But then Kyle Shanahan has coached in the Super Bowl. And, you know, they lost the 28-3 lead. Falls <laughs> there in the fourth quarter uh, and everything kind of, you know, led to that. And now he has an opportunity. He went back to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago with Jimmy Garoppolo where they lost to the Chiefs. So this is now his third time as a coach to have an opportunity to go and uh, try to achieve the, the Lombardi Trophy. Now, both of these guys can put up points offensively. We know that. Defensively, the Chiefs hadn't got a lot of credit that they deserve in stopping the Buffalo team and a Baltimore team. It's going to go to the 49ers team uh, that can run the football really well, and both of those teams can run the ball and pass it. So I think they're flying under the radar or not getting a lot of credit defensively that they definitely should. Uh, Coach Back done an outstanding job with that defense and uh, and everything. So I'm going to go in this game just off experience. I'm going to go with the Chiefs 20, 31 to 27. Oh, wow. Okay. I think the Chiefs are going to win as well, and I freaking hate it. But um, I do. I think that the Niners, they – now, what's interesting is you've got, like, some really – like, you've got two of the best tight ends in the league, George Kittle against Travis Kelsey. Christian McCaffrey has had one heck of a year. I think he definitely could end up being being offensive MVP. Isaiah Pacheco's had such a fun year and and has certainly been so efficient for them. Then they've got Clyde Edwards-Alaire who comes in. That's a good balance for them in the rushing attack. I think you look to the quarterbacks, though, and here's the thing. If Brock pulls this off, he cements himself. Like, he – because I think right now, Pat, and after Pat beat Lamar – I don't think there's a debate anymore if Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. And it's only, you know, going to increase as his career continues. 
if the Niners win, it's going to be because Brock has an incredible game. Last week, he pulled off a lot with his legs. And, like, he was he was efficient. He read the field well. And, like, everyone loves to say, he's a great game manager. If they win this game, it's going to be because Brock had another great game. Because you know what the Chiefs are capable of with Pat, with Travis. Like, all of that's been consistent for years. So if the Niners win this, Brock Purdy does something that we have not seen been done in the NFL in a long time. He's the unexpected, unpredictable, in some ways unknown, and almost always doubted. And he is up against the best in the league right now. So it's really going to be very interesting to watch. Um, but I, I would love to see the Niners pull it off. I'm definitely team, you know, 49ers. I do, if I have to pick, if I have to bet, I am going to pick the Chiefs because I think like we see so often across all levels of sport, veteran experience pays off. Well, you just said something, though. Brock Purdy plays the way he played in the second half of the Detroit game. Then it gives it gives the 49ers a chance to win. And the first half, he didn't play that well. But the second half, he did what? Like you just said, he utilized his legs. He made key key plays at key moments in the ball game uh, that that kept drives alive, and that's how they was able to pull out that Detroit game. Now, I was pulling so hardly for Detroit, and yeah. it was a Cinderella story. You know, this team, all the stuff they've been through, and didn't have an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. You almost wanted them to make it to the Super Bowl just because of the whole story behind the Detroit yeah. line. And the game was there for them to take it. You know, I, I know Dan Campbell, he's been going for it all year. But at some point, it always catches up with you if you don't make when the right leave points on the table. Leave points on the table. When you're planning to go to a Super Bowl, yeah. you don't go for those fourth and threes like they're just easy to miss. Like Agreed. you're in this territory. You're on the road. You have a lead. Go ahead and add to the lead. You're not chasing at this point. You are ahead. Go ahead and put that three up on the board, yep. you know. And then the next time they had a chance to go for it and kick the field goal, you do the same thing. That was and you at least 40. one of them. You haven't scored yet in the second half, and the 49ers are just scoring back to back to back. You got to stop the flood. Yep. So stop the flood and just put points on the board and make it a 27-27 ball game and send this thing into overtime at worst. But then you go for it, you don't get it. They go down the field, score. Now it's a two-score game. Game's basically over. Then you make another decision where you get down to the two-yard line. You try to run the ball, knowing that you need to save all three of your timeouts just in case you score and kick the ball off to get the ball back with a chance to get a field goal, the tie, and still send it in overtime. But you run the ball, and then you call a timeout. So when you call that timeout, it was basically game over because now you got to score, but then you got to get the onside kick. So I don't understand who was beside him rationalizing with those decisions. They should have told him, coach, take the points first Agreed. and foremost. And then in that situation where you didn't take the points, so you're on a two-yard line, coach, we can't run the ball. We need all three timeouts. So we need to throw the ball, score, punt, kick the ball off, stop them three plays in a row, make them punt the ball us, leave, at least it leaves us with 50 seconds to get in field goal territory. With the offense that they have, they yep. could have done it. And then you have a chance to send it into overtime. So all those decisions, they fell apart at the end. Yep. And it goes to show you, when pressure's on the line, it busts pipes. You can do all that going forward all you want to during the season. 
But when you got to make rational decisions, when your season is on the line and everything, you got to make the high decision choice. And the high decision choice is I know you go forward in some of those other games, but there's another game the next week. It's a different situation, yeah. The next week in this situation, kick the field goal, man. Come on. Like stuff like that drives me crazy because then I feel like that's when analytics get in the way of rationalized football decisions in the scene. The book cannot take into consideration some of those intangibles. And that's where good coaching has to override. Right. Right. Andy Reid took those field goals. You know, like. Oh, for sure. Took those field goals. Like, you don't do that in those situations. So, but here again, instead of a Baltimore-Detroit Super Bowl, which would have been awesome because it's two new teams and and everything. I'd like to see Lamar get a shot at that thing and. Like I said, everything with golf and Dan Campbell and what Detroit has meant being relevant here lately. Yep. Would have been huge. But hey, you got the 49ers, you got the Chiefs, you got two great offensive minds. You got a quarterback that's chasing the GOAT conversation. And you got a quarterback that's trying to cement himself and his chasing legacy. Chasing relevancy. <laughs> you know, so, you know, you got a, two defenses that, you know, that can cause problems. Yeah. Uh, so this should be a fun game. It should be a definitely exciting, fun game. And uh, I love it. I'm going to do over and under how many times they show Taylor Swift on TV. I'm going to go 20. What's crazy to me is like Russell Wilson is married to Sierra. They don't shove her down our throat. Like, what is this? I understand <laughs> Taylor Swift is a star, yada, yada, yada. But like it is at a I, and like, I don't even fault her. Like a lot of people are mad at her. I'm mad at the outlets that are choosing to do. I have never in my life seen this much. I mean, like the captions on like the NFL's official social media pages are like Taylor Swift lyrics. It's just weird to me. Like the it's just been forced ad nauseum and I'm over it. But give me all of that coverage of Usher because he's going to freaking deserve it. And I'm so excited for halftime. So I think that's going to do it for us. We are definitely over an hour at this point. So we will go ahead and wrap it up. Jason's got to get back to some dad duty and I'll get this edited so we can post this up today. (laughs) I got you a little break. You need a nap though. I know how you're feeling. Uh, not to the same degree, but a sleep deprivation is a very real thing. But you crushed the episode, even with the sleep deprivation. So we appreciate you for sure. And huge congratulations again to you and Shayla and your growing family. We're very happy for you. So um, that is going to do it for us this week on Believe in Everything Auburn. We will more than likely be back next week, recap the Super Bowl, and uh, get more into some basketball coverage. Uh, gymnastics is underway. They have a home meet this Friday against Alabama. So the Iron Bowl of all sports continues this week. So uh, if you're in and around Auburn, make sure you go support them this weekend. And we will be back next week to break down whatever else happens between now and then. So. Have a great week, everyone. We will talk soon. War Eagle. War Eagle. Peace. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, 
for the ones who get it done.